Hello and welcome to What in the Patriarchy with me, Amelia and Fabia. And we are, oh, oh I was reading my Google okay, sorry, See, we do it I all also, the time. I took a massive gulp of my tea as you said hello. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, my I need God. A drink. Oh yeah, I've, I've got water here. I'm just like, mm. I thought the camera would just pick me going up like, <laughs> oh my God, I love that. I hope it has. Put that in. <laughs> Hello and welcome to What in the Patriarchy with me, Amelia and Fabia. We're a group of writers, creatives and general overthinkers who contribute to a weekly Instagram newsletter called The Imaginist. Please go and give our Insta a follow at Imaginist Weekly. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, links in our Instagram bio or simply email imaginistweekly at gmail.com to add your email to our subscription list or to write into the podcast. Today we're joined by our first guest, a fourth-year university student and creator of The Imaginist. Hello, Elle. Hello, girls. Thanks Hello, for having Elle. me. And <laughs> in my fourth year, I decided that that wasn't enough and that a dissertation wasn't enough and that I would create a newsletter and a podcast as well. And that's why we're all here. And I'm so excited to be a guest. We're so excited to have you. And thank you for giving <laughs> us this opportunity. We've uh, We've basically set up a weekly therapy session haven't we <laughs> I love it we love it too this is my new therapy <laughs> yeah I think it's honestly just... same what are you paying 40 pound a session for <laughs> I know I, I know. think I think we're all using Fabia's uh therapist because <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna invoice like, you all that's really good <laughs> I know I know I'm, like, I'm gonna write that down <laughs> Fabia <laughs> asks all the right questions as well like when you're in the flow of it like I, I know that in the last couple I'll, I'll say something and then Fabia will ask this question and it's, and it's literally like yeah you know what you're making me think about it. and then I'll delve even deeper and I'm just like maybe oh. I'm a therapist and I just yeah. didn't know you have our the WhatsApp skill group, our whatsapp group is such a therapy session as well <laughs> it's true we we do love a a good deep chat on our whatsapp group we had many, many a chats <laughs> <laughs> It's very necessary. A lot of what we talk about on the WhatsApp group is actually what we're going to be discussing in today's podcast. Um, <laughs> in this podcast, we'll be venturing into the minefield that is dating, as well as exploring <sighs> life without a relationship, so singledom, being self-partnered, a choice that society often refuses to accept. And we'll be looking at the concept of emotional unavailability and how so many of us find ourselves in a dreaded situationship. A cold, inhospitable place situated near to the friend zone. You might all have been aware of at some point in your life. It's not a nice I've place I've been to there be many lately. a time. <laughs> we all have, we all have. Honestly. Oh. I've never left. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh, it's so frustrating, isn't it? Like, just, there are all these rules and all these games that people play. And like, I don't know, well, you just reach a point where you just like, I've had enough of that now. I just want... I just I can't if I find myself in another another situationship that's it I honestly. just feel like it knocks my confidence because what it says is like I like you a bit but not enough to fully go out with you mm-hmm. and when every person you've ever liked says that to you it's like no wonder I hate relationships do you know what I mean it's like yeah <laughs> yeah no, yeah I agree they want to they want to act like you're in a relationship but then they just don't want to be in one it's like yeah like you say you're just there for now because I'm waiting for someone better to come along but you're due for now yeah yeah no exactly <laughs> being with you also, is better am, than being alone being, literally I am being over dramatic though I've been in about 
five but you know I've had some proper relationships (laughs) (laughs) a variety Uh, (laughs) yeah also I think you know we're talking about emotional unavailability I think that's always when when you hear that uh, maybe it's just me but I always think of men and how they're emotionally mm-hmm. unavailable and mostly in situationships it's because the man doesn't want to commit to the woman but there's actually a lot of cases where it's the woman who's emotionally unavailable and I don't think that's talked about enough yeah because I've definitely been there I know there's times where you girls have been there and I just think yeah it needs to be more talked about really how you know don't get me wrong men are trash but women can also not be available <laughs> Yes, and what a great person to have on. (laughs) That is me. I think there's a lot of um, you know, stereotypes like when we we always associate that I that concept of emotional availability with oh he won't commit or he's messed Mm. me around and and Mm -hmm. you know it's not always necessarily to do with that like emotional availability. It's such a wide just there's so much to it isn't there really and it can be applied to so many different sort of areas and I think everybody has a phase in life where they're going through a bit of a a period where maybe in dating where they're just not quite ready to throw themselves into it or they don't know or they're not sure and they're holding back and I think that that's easily done especially you know if you have found yourself in a lot of situationships or you've just come out of a long-term relationship and you're just not yeah. quite ready to, I don't know, your emotions haven't fully recovered to, yeah. Yeah. to be able to be applied to another relationship. So I've I been agree. thinking recently, I've been like having all these thoughts about whether I am emotionally unavailable. And I thought to myself, I was like, do you just like being single, but you're too embarrassed to say that you like being single? Like, do you paint yourself as like, this Gen Z Bridget Jones because you're too embarrassed to just say like actually I want to be single you know yeah Mm. there is like a real there is a negative sort of um impression isn't there of women that that choose to be single like you know eventually there's like it's almost as if they can't like a woman would never choose to be single she's single because nobody wants her but that's not that's not reality like I used to kind of jump into things quite quickly a lot of the time and now I realise, like, kind of having gone through, you know, relationships that, like, some of which, you know, have really, you know, hurt me in the past, like, just as a, you know, in terms of, like, you know, the heartbreak of meeting the wrong person and, and that happening, like, which obviously I think is inevitable because, you know, I think you kind of grow from your experiences. And I don't think at the time necessarily, like, it's the wrong choice or I have any regrets. It's just it really does, yeah. like, affect you. And it does make you grow as a person. Now I've kind of reached a point where I think I've got a lot more of an idea about what I want, you know, as a result of those kind of relationships. And and I think that also I've really, unlike maybe a mindset that I had before, I am perfectly content on my own. Like, and I know that I am self-sufficient, that I can do these things on my own, that I can live on my own, that I can... We all like to say, oh, I love being single. And I know a lot of people say like, it's great being single but it is like often viewed as this period in between relationships like you never it's mm. always like oh this is you'll, yeah. you'll find someone soon or it will happen to you soon you it's know it's not like the it, end goal it's yeah it's, yeah. Stopping it's point. not like you can just be like oh well what if I just want to be single forever what if that is just something that I choose like it's not everyone assumes that 
it's not you know oh you will find someone or you you'll you know I I almost wish that you could be single and happy being single but also open to love without people saying oh so she's actively always looking for a Mm. relationship because that's not true Mm -hmm. yeah that's right that is I I completely agree with that I think that that's what I was like for ages I was like you know just open to it and and wanting to see kind of where things go and I think being I think that's part of being like human isn't it being open to connection and you want to connect because I hate this idea that you're either single and you're not open to love or you're just in love and you hate the idea of being single like you can just be single and also one day if you meet someone you can be in love I don't see why women yeah it's not so, so cut and clear yeah yeah I agree yeah I, I think you made an interesting point Amelia when you were saying uh something about at times you have been emotionally unavailable and then that brought you to a place where now you're sort of secure and comfortable being on your own and I can really resonate with that because I think like you I not necessarily jumped into things but I was very open to things and I had a quite a lot of relationships or situationships yeah in my life and I was always no matter how bad the one before was I was always kind of ready for the next one yeah it didn't take me too long to bounce back yeah and then I went through quite a bad breakup a couple of years ago it was my previous partner before this one and then that completely threw me and I definitely was emotionally unavailable in every sense Mm -hmm. and it took me so long to get to a place where I was ready to be with someone new like literally years whereas normally it wouldn't take me that that long and I think you're right in that time I sort of went on like a journey of now I'm like well if I never find someone that's fine whereas before I was the single girl happy to be single and very independent but always aware that someone else would come along and then I was at this point where I was like well if nobody else ever comes along again that's fine so it's interesting how maybe you have to go through something then be emotionally unavailable to then become the most stable person you could be (laughs) Mm -hmm. I relate to that so much and I think sometimes those situations make you learn that you always have yourself Mm, and if things go wrong you can drag yourself out of them that the most constant thing you have is yourself I know it's like people say it all the time but it's so true people say it all the time but I don't think people really internalize it enough you know of how I think we we do live in this society that normalizes coupledom, you know, over mm-hmm. singledom. We may have come like a long way. We still have such a long way to go before, you know, these rigid expectations of people have been lifted and and you are just able to just live without people thinking you should go into this box, you should go this down this path, you know. And it's mm-hmm. true. It's like when you get to a certain age, people like family, older family members start asking you like when you're going to get married, when you're going to have a baby. And it's like, well, what if I don't want mm. either of those things? Like, personally, I would like those things, but there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't. So, yeah. And they get punished. That's so it's true. Like, it's like yeah, and it's a weird like, reaction. Like Jennifer Aniston, you know, like women that will scrutinize for not having mm. children because that's just not what they chose to do. And people don't understand that because it's like, well, you're a woman. So, why surely you want to have children at yeah some point. That's you your... must want that some women obviously mm. really want to be mothers and that's great and that's lovely like but it's a choice you know it is a choice like it but yeah it's be not her purpose though yeah, yeah it's not, that's not that's, yeah she's... it's not because why is it never like what job have you got like it sometimes is or like who are your friends what what did you do this week it's always like 
do you want to start a family and have kids <laughs> yeah when are you getting married then when are you having <laughs> yeah. a child yeah it's very weird but there's so much that makes up a life that isn't marriage and kids like of course it's part of it if you want it to be like I look at my life and it's I'm single I've been single for a long time yeah. It's such a full and happy life. For someone who has never experienced, you know, being single for, you know, an extended period of time or just, you know, ever yeah. really been single. I think you need to do that really at some point. That's the point where you really find who you are when someone else isn't around, you know, when someone else isn't there. Because I know what it was like for me in like a serious relationship and and knowing how it is you can basically entwine your identity with somebody else and and you forget kind of who you are, where you start on the other person. And obviously every experience is unique and, and personal to them. And every person is different. But for me, I really, really needed to learn how to just be myself, like how to completely manage my emotions myself, you know, and just go mm-hmm. through that process. I reached a point sort of where I had just become quite emotionally reliant and just everything had just kind of been thrown into this other person. I was focusing so much on the relationship and on making that work that I was almost kind of lost what really made me happy outside of it. When you get that into that mindset where that is your priority and you're always thinking about this other person, you're always thinking about, you know, the relationship, like you're not thinking about who you are and where what you need to do for yourself. And someone else can do so much for you. But Mm -hmm. if you're not putting yourself first, like you won't make any changes. Like it won't, the situation will stay the same. And I really needed that time, I think. And it's been probably the most important couple of years of my life in terms of growth I feel that's really good I think nothing nothing can change your perspective on like your life and yourself like being single and to the extent where you're not even entertaining anyone or anything you're completely your phone is dry you're completely (laughs) disassociated from the whole thing (laughs) I just think that's the only thing that can truly change your view and your understanding of everything And also, I think when you're single, like, because I was in a relationship, like my longest relationship was two years. This was about six years ago now. Um, I remember like if I used to have a panic attack or something, they would be there for me. And I would think I remember thinking, I don't know what I would do without them in this situation. Mm. And then look at me now. Do you know what I mean? Look at me. It's all me. Like, yeah. You think the world's going to end, don't you? Like you think like if like because this person has provided you so much support like in that way especially in your most vulnerable state and mm-hmm. um, like, that's what I was like I just felt like I just you know this person had just been there for me through those like my worst times you know and when I was feeling yeah. my lowest and like how can I how could I not have this person around how could I be without this person when they've done all this and like they've basically become a part of me you know and that yeah. I think you you do we don't give ourselves that credit of like we think the worst thing you imagine is never actually that bad it's yeah, not that's reality so true. it's the idea it's of true. it that's worse than the, like when it actually happens sometimes mm. I think it's what that's you like needed. most things isn't it yeah it's, yeah it's like you know if your brain kind of scares you like of don't go to therapy because of this that when I, it's like your brain is trying to almost like drag you down and because as soon as you do go that like for for example if you are unhappy in a relationship or you are you know it it is it is consuming you and you just think this isn't right like you you think oh I can't leave because your brain's telling you all this stuff 
but actually you should leave. And it's like with therapy, it's the same thing of like, oh, your brain's saying don't go and see a therapist because this, that and this, or they'll yeah. do all this when actually you should, because it's like, that is like the way out, but your brain's like trying to make it more difficult for you for some reason. Your brain wants to continue what's, what is familiar the with. The toxic pattern. Exactly. Yeah. The best yeah. um, piece of advice I'd ever heard was, I'm going to quote Dolly Alderton. Um, <laughs> we've done this for 20 minutes and I'm going to quote Yes. Um, in her book, her first book, Everything I Know About Love, she has this metaphor where she says, if there was a big red button and you could press it and leave the relationship without dealing with the consequences, you know, like children, like having friends, like the same friends, would you do it? And I think that's such a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Mm. Like if you could just leave. Like what do you want? Like what do you want? Like above anything else? Sometimes you get too focused on the consequences of your actions rather than, you know, what's actually needed and what's important. And that, that really helped me before think, even if this is really hard, I know I need to do it. Yeah. And I know that this time next year, it will be over and I won't even be thinking about this. I think even, you know, even after a year or however many years, you know, it takes, I I think it really is dependent on the relationship. I think some relationships, you know, you can get over like quite quickly or, you know, and some really stay with you for a long time. And I definitely, you know, my, my last relationship, definitely I can, I, I still feel like the effects of that. And, you know, I, you still, I still think about that in terms of like, you know, it pops into my head and and it's more so that I think it's the pain element like the emotional attachment to the memories begins to fade and it, and it kind of change you change your the way that you think about it and the way that you feel about it I think that it's still you know it, I mean especially if it's just like this random intrusive thought that just pops into mm-hmm. your head it's not pleasant mm-hmm. but it's not like you know at the beginning if you've gone if you've gone through a breakup where it's like this crushing pain of every time you think about this person it's just horrific you know and and like you you definitely you know I know everybody always says like time heals all and at the time like when it's first like fresh that is the last thing that you want to hear and it's just (laughs) yeah it doesn't help you you're in the middle of that you know that that pain and I remember speaking to a friend about about uh, it and and kind of because I, I think I was almost like, you know, when you're there, like sort of wincing, like, oh, God, this is going to be so <laughs> painful. Like, ah, yeah, it wasn't as horrifically bad as I thought it would be. And I think that mm-hmm. I, I like to describe it as this, like, you know, like if you've um, I still think about it and I still like question it because I think it's not even about like the length of the relationship. It, it's just how that affected you and how you Mm -hmm. you know every relationship affects you in different ways like maybe it is like some that you can kind of get over more like more easily and you don't think about again but like some really do stay with you and I think this is one of them and I do think like as a human you know you're like you do (laughs) invest a lot especially if you've been with someone a, a long time or it's gotten really serious like you know if you've talked about marriage and kids with this person and then it didn't work out like that's really mm. hard. So it's not just something I think people think there's got to be this time frame on getting over it. Like, oh, it's been however long now. Like, surely just yeah. get over it. Like, over and it, you don't yeah. want to talk to people about it anymore because you think like, oh no, they just get sick of hearing about it. You know, they don't want to listen to it anymore. And it's like, right, you've had your time now, you know, it's been a few months. We've we've mm-hmm. done the movie nights and Ben and Jerry's, <laughs> you know. But um, 
yeah it's it's like there is no time limit you know it's up to you like how you deal with it is is how you how you deal with it I think for me as well because I haven't had a relationship as an adult like a serious relationship my most serious relationship was when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. so I actually don't have experience of like building and sharing a life with someone like that um and it's terrifying it scares me like I think that would be the worst part for me letting go of that life that you built yeah this really reminds me of something um when I was with my ex-partner his mum sadly passed away and obviously there was a lot of grief around that and I remember we eventually broke up for other reasons which was sort of collateral damage from that because his whole life obviously changed overnight but um I remember it must have been maybe a year later and I was still you know really messed up over it all and I was in my friend's hot tub with her and I just got back on dating sites and I was going through and we were having a laugh like she she's in a long-term relationship and you know we're just going through talking about it and on one guy's profile there was a picture of him and his mum like obviously I don't know these people and I just Mm -hmm. had a massive breakdown and I was like talking to my friend about it and I was like I don't think I can ever date someone with a mum again like in their life and I was just honestly having a breakdown because I was just like I cannot go through that again yeah and it's just Mm -hmm. odd for such a long time I was like seeking out men who either you know their mum wasn't in their life anymore for whatever reason or they had a really damaged relationship with their mum so I never Mm -hmm. had the opportunity to get close to them and then like lose them yeah Um, gosh I'm getting choked off I'm such a fucking Pisces (laughs) me too (laughs) it's an emotion it's honestly it's an emotional thing like I'm sorry that you went through that yeah these things happen but and you know him as well you know for for the whole thing it's such a horrible situation yeah it definitely changed everything for us and and you know that was one of the relationships where you know you thought this is it now yeah like Mm -hmm. and then that things happen and then he was a different person after and you know you can't you can't help that it was hard but but another thing that was difficult was I remember so his mum was sick she was sick for a long time so we sort of knew it was coming but obviously it's always too soon but yeah we'd we'd obviously talked about it a lot and I remember we had this conversation and he he was telling me that you know the last person he mum his mum meets he wants to marry and obviously that was me and then when we broke up and she was obviously not here anymore it just felt horrendous because I was like that was what he really wanted and obviously it was weird and I remember saying to her just before she passed away that because he had three brothers and a dad Mm -hmm. and I remember saying to her I would look after all your boys for you and then obviously we broke up and I didn't do that and there was just so much guilt around everything not just the breakup the guilt you know that comes off the back of of leaving you know a relationship like it's not just it's like guilt from inside you that you think like I should have done this or I had you know a duty to do this and and you know that is so much it's not fair to do that to yourself you know like it's not but it's just something that we do and I think that makes it even harder for for ourselves and that's what what you were saying before Fabio about how when you're the one to leave um you know or Mm. you know make that decision that people people assume that you just go on and you're happy and you're just like yeah that isn't the case but you know even now like it's not it 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 really does scar you like it does it stays Mm. with you like it and it is painful it's not and it's not I think people think oh you do it to be malicious or you cut somebody out to be malicious and there's always got to be a, a that element and it's really not like for me like 
you know, it was one of the literally one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. You said you you put all this guilt on yourself of these expectations that you think you should have lived up to. And mm-hmm. it's actually just, you know, you're in a in a monologue doing that. And mm. really it's like actually this is the time when, you know, you need to to comfort yourself and give yourself kind of the credit that you you know, you went through something really hard and like you mm. you came out the other side, you know, and you should it is like that thing of, you know, we should give ourselves that same love that we would give to a friend if they were going through that yeah yeah it's true and the the guilt haunted me for so long like obviously you go through the grieving process of just Mm -hmm. the end of a relationship and like his his coping mechanisms for dealing with what happened with his mum you know were not healthy for our relationship at all and had to process all of that but then that was it was really hard to walk away from him because I was like I don't want to be the girl that breaks up with him just after his mum has passed away like even though he's doing all these things that are not fair and it's not an excuse but I was like I can't be that person like I can't add more pain to his pain so I stuck around for a little while and then obviously eventually I had to call it quits just for my own yeah like sanity but But, um, you did what was best for him and for you yeah I think that's what she would have wanted you knew that the relationship wouldn't have been what she knew it to be it's true and I think you know I can't I can't speak for her but she obviously loved you and she loved him and I think she would have wanted you both to be happy even if it was set yeah I think you're right it's funny this because this came up in in therapy recently and obviously it's been like years and I was saying yeah. like how I still felt so guilty that you end up taking all of that responsibility don't you of for yeah. everything you take all of it on your shoulders and and my friend said to me recently, because it's, I've noticed actually, I never thought about it before, but it seems to be a pattern that I have of sometimes I go above and beyond um, for any sort of relationship, like friendships or relationships. Like I put in all like all the effort almost so the other person doesn't have to. You know, I do yeah. like so much and I bend over backwards to accommodate for, for other people who can be- basically give the bare minimum. But I, minimum. you know. And you'll make up for it. I'll make up for it. And like my friend said to me, like, do you think because in my life, like when I was younger, I lost a lot of people um, from my life. Like just there was a lot of family drama, kind of a lot of complications, yeah. you know, at an age where that does affect you. Because like pro- because I would think I was maybe like four to seven. These people had disappeared and they weren't there for me. You know, they didn't do their they didn't do their job, you know. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And because of that, I think I I feel sad when I think about like some of the things that I've done, like for relationships, for like friendships where I've not seen how I was being treated, mm. you know, how, how I've like just always given the benefit of the doubt and just gone. And like, I just think that why did I not think I deserved better? Or why did I feel yeah. like I had I to do this do all that, the time you know? now? I feel like women are taught they need to make everything better. And that women it's are the true. ones who like make situations calm and enjoyable for everyone else. Yeah, um, I feel everything so- bad that's happened to me is always like, oh, just be the bigger person. And yeah. I've accepted some, some terrible, terrible behaviours. And now I'm at an age and obviously I'm doing the work on myself and I look back and I think that isn't necessarily being the better person because I've, all I've done is damage myself for the benefit of them like mm. and they're probably carrying on hurting other people in the same ways because they haven't learned or even been taught that 
what they're doing is not nice. I think it's really hard to see someone grow without you. I think that's one of the hardest things to see someone treating someone else the way they could never treat you. Yeah, don't they say um, it's like we always make husbands out of our boyfriends for someone else? Like, so you yeah. educate your boyfriend to be a good husband for someone else. Even the people who, they didn't treat me badly. I just wasn't the right person for them. Yeah. But seeing them grow and like constantly become better and a better person and I'm not a part of it. It's really hard yeah. to see that. And you want to say to them, I'm so proud of you. you you're doing so well, but you just can't. It's not your place. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm so different to you. I, <laughs> every time <laughs> I go through a breakup, I'm like, you're walking away with funny jokes I've taken, I've given you, like expressions <laughs> I've taught you. I've made you cool. And now you're going to go be cool for someone else. Like, I almost want to be like, give me all the stuff back that I taught you. Whereas yeah. you're like, well Where's done, I'm so proud. And I'm like, give it back. You can't, you're not cool anymore because I made you cool. <laughs> I guess you consider to be your first love, you know, the first person that you've really invested everything into like that. Mm-hmm. That will always stay with you. When you love the wrong person, that's really painful because you can't make that person right for you. And like sometimes like, you know, you can really love them. You can grow to love the wrong person, but you know, they can't ever make you happy because what makes what you know them trying to make you happy can basically be at the expense of their happiness because it's not what they Mm. want and vice versa there are there is someone else who will just want to give those things and and want that as well whereas like when you're trying to get that from someone who who just doesn't get it who just isn't on that page then it's really really difficult it's like when you have got this puzzle piece you know in your head of like this is my life this is what I want and you are determined to make this this puzzle piece fit even if it doesn't like you were like this has to fit like jamming it in there and it's like Mm -hmm. you you just can't sometimes it isn't someone did something wrong or sometimes it is but like sometimes it is just a Mm -hmm. case of like you can't punish yourself forever because it it didn't work because there's so many reasons why relationships don't work and and sometimes it, like I sometimes, you know, I, I'm, I've got a very overthinking analytical mind, which is sometimes useful and sometimes detrimental <laughs> because yeah. like I will go over it and I will like analyze it and assess it. And even years later, my mind will sometimes go over it and I'll just be thinking about it and be like, what about this? What about this? Um, and it's not, yeah. it's not helpful because it's like, it's done now. I need to let, just let it go. Every day, I think, what would I say to you if I could say anything? Like all the people who I've lost in my life, I just, I just want five minutes with them. If you lose someone um, in a really abrupt way as well, it is a grieving process for, for people that are also still alive, you know. It's like yeah. you've yeah. lost it. This, this person isn't dead, but they're not in your life anymore. So mm. you don't get and to see them. You we lose more living people than we, than we lose dead. That's like, so I true. think I've grieved so many more people who are still alive yeah which is a weird and it's just that awareness that you're both living separate lives that Mm. don't intertwine anymore even though you know there's no reason for them to be together yeah it's like that Katy Perry song where it's like we went from strangers (laughs) to lovers to strangers it's true oh that that song that song hit me so hard felt like a plastic bag (laughs) (laughs) that really really connects to me that philosophical like California girls just like (laughs) you're like I I kissed kissed a girl girl. do you know it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, sorry, girls, not that one. But um, we did have a question sent in um, from Camilla, and she said, "Do you think you have to be single to work on yourself?" And what do you girls think on that? That's a tough one because personally, I, in my experience, I needed to be single because that was what I needed. Mm-hmm. Like, as in, I was, you know, I think I had gone through relationships in the past that I had just not spent any time evaluating myself like my decisions like who I was like like the kind of the bad patterns I'd fallen into um and I I do think that I was seeing somebody and then kind of ended that and then straight away got into like another serious relationship and for me I I now looking back would never do that again I went into it very much like not in the in a way that I think I wasn't in the right space like headspace for it and like emotional space for it and I think it was I think you need to be really okay like on your own like you know with with yourself you've got your back even if this person doesn't because if you go into it expecting this person to take on the emotional management for you and do everything like when that person isn't there because that person is human they're not you know they're not perfect they're not going to just then they don't exist to meet your needs you know what I mean yeah. so yeah definitely when they're they're not there or when they're angry at you or and and if you go completely you cannot function because this person you know is doing their own thing and they don't they're not there to help you like that's not that's really unhealthy and I think so many people yeah. fall into that and yeah. I think now like for me being on my own really taught me oh I need to this without this person there and to immediately call if I'm feeling this thing I have to like sit with that and it really taught me to like learn how to really be a lot more like work on healing myself on the things that I'd I'd because I think you do cause a lot of harm to yourself by your behaviors you know you're not a good friend to yourself and that really hurts you you hurt yourself more than anybody else when you don't learn from the from behaviors or you put yourself in situations that you don't recognize these bad patterns that you're in you end up Mm -hmm. being hurt from it because you're not you're not putting up those walls you're not got that validation in yourself that you will be okay that you're okay and for me that's that's what I I needed I needed that time alone but I I don't know I can't speak for for other people but I know that was my experience well for me I feel like I've worked on myself enough at this point I've had a long time and I feel like I can't possibly do anything else which isn't true but sometimes it feels like I spend so much time trying to be a better person and I think at like last year and maybe a bit before that I was doing it to be good in a relationship like I wanted to be the perfect person like packaged and ready so Mm -hmm. that the minute someone saw me they thought I she would easily slot into my life Mm -hmm. and be the perfect girlfriend and then I thought oh you don't have to constantly you know look put together you don't need to say the right things all the time you don't need to be great around their friends all the time yeah. you can just be yourself and that is enough yeah so I think and that wasn't really working on myself it was like a fake version of myself mm. that was putting like out the self-care the where you just use a bath bomb and you're like oh literally self-care. that's what for, for like a year of my life I was a bath bomb literally <laughs> I was just I was just like 
or being a, a pretend person. Do you know, um, do you watch Sex in the City? I haven't seen it, no. I've seen, okay. like, the a couple of the films, I, even though I never yeah. actually watched the series. So you know the character Charlotte? People say she's like a pretend person because she right. tries to always appear perfect to the to the world, but she's not. I think for a long time, that's how I felt. I felt like in order yeah. for anyone to even look at me and be interested in me, I needed to be the best version of myself. But yeah. if someone is, if someone's falling in love with that version, then they're not in love with me. Oh, yeah. Because it's not the real you. Absolutely. Yeah, they're in love with a pretend, exaggerated caricature of me, which isn't me. It's like, why can't, yeah, I think we so often do that just with everyone. It's like we put on this facade because we're kind of mm-hmm. scared to be just our authentic selves because we're scared that that person won't be accepted, that person won't be loved. So we kind of and go out of our way to put on this character. Really what it was was me thinking that me as a person who, you know, is sometimes anxious and a bit awkward and gets things wrong, that she's not lovable, which isn't mm. true. Because no. my, that's how my friends love me. That's who I am with my friends and they love me. Yeah. People love you for that. It's like the things that you think are imperfections about yourself or like things that you think are that you don't like or or like yeah. I, you know I'm so I'm such a an overthinker I'm such a warrior like everyone must find me so annoying like a lot of people like find that endearing you know about mm-hmm. you that that is that's a part of who yeah. you are. Now and again like it's the first time ever like I sit down and I actually just think you know well like you know what I I, I like the person that I'm becoming. If you're doing what you believe is right and you're being true to yourself and your morals and, and you're trying your best, like, then yeah. I think you will be the best. You're being the best person that you can be for you. And I think during lockdown was really a time where I was like, so who are you when these people aren't watching you? Mm-hmm. Who, yeah. are, who is your truest version of yourself? Who is, who is she? Yeah, And I, I feel like... In the past year, I almost met myself again. I feel like for a long time, I was kind of seeing myself through like the male gaze, um, mm. which everyone does. Mm-hmm. But it was really, really, really bad. I can't express how bad it was. Um, and then during the lockdown, I was like, who are you when you're not seeing yourself through the male gaze? Mm. And I'm a completely different trying person. To impress. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm so different in a good way. <laughs> um, and don't so get easy. me wrong, yeah. like I speak to way less boys now, like they're not as interested in me, but I like myself more. And yeah. that's been a really, that's, that's the more most, important. Yeah. And it's like, I've realised that I am a bit nerdier than I thought I was. And, hmm. you know, I'm kind of geeky and a bit, you know, a homebody and I, I like being goofy with my friends. But when I do fall in love with someone, that's who I want them to meet. Oh, yeah, because that's your authentic that. self. That a relationship exposes who you really are, like at the core. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to really to work on yourself. Because if you never work on yourself at your core and you neglect that person, that person is a wounded animal, essentially. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I think that's what mm-hmm. I became. I think because I had spent mm-hmm. so many years just not, mm-hmm. I just neglected my emotional needs and put myself down so often that the person that that was left you know underneath all of it was just this broken creature do you know what I mean and I just think yeah 
that I didn't and I really instead of like trying to heal that person trying to to be kind to that person and fix that person I was worse to that person I was punishing because it was not perfect because I was like be better be better like you just you and I was just making it worse for myself there was there was a part of my life where I felt whatever mistake I made whether it was getting a lower grade at uni if it was a hair being out of place if I upset a friend my first thought was what would a man think of that if he was trying to date you Isn't that the most ridiculous thing in the world? But it's true. And I'm honest about it because I think it impacts people more than they say it does. Oh, it does. Absolutely. It 100% Mm -hmm. does. I think you get rewarded, don't you? As a woman, you you get rewarded for adhering to the male gaze like in society. So obviously that's that's why it's like you're almost trained on a subconscious level. And and I I think when you become aware of it, you start mm-hmm. to question everything you do and you start to think, oh, yeah. am I doing this for me because I enjoy it? Or am I doing this for society, for the male gaze? Like, what am I doing it for? Mm. Yeah. This relates to, was it last week's, the last pop, the last episode? Yeah. Where we're yeah. Talking about, do I wear makeup because I like it? Or do I yeah. wear it because of what people would do if I don't? So Fabia, what do you think of the question? I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Ooh. Um, Personally, I do agree that it's easier to work on yourself when you're alone, 100%. I definitely started working on myself when I was single, but then now I'm in a relationship and I've continued the journey. So I think you can do it in a relationship. But also, I just want to mention, I've got some friends who they got engaged a couple of years ago. And then now they're at a place where they're maybe thinking they rushed into it too soon. And that actually there's a lot of work that they need to do before, you know, tying the knot and things. And one of them, she wants to go traveling and we have plans to go traveling. And then the other one, she's not as into that. And she's got other things that she needs to deal with. And they have not decided to split up or anything. They're staying together, but they're both doing their separate journeys on themselves. And, you know, they're engaged, really committed to each other. So I think it is possible to go through this journey and work on yourself when you're in a relationship. And I just think that's not really talked about as much because it is easier when you're on your own because you don't have to you know meet someone else's needs you can focus selfishly and solely on your own and I think more reward should be given to those who work on themselves when they're in a relationship because like you said it's very easy to do the complete opposite and you become one toxic person mm-hmm. because you both and not working on yourselves and some relationships you highlight the worst parts of each other it's actually a lot harder to work on yourself and better yourself whilst also letting your partner do that and staying together I agree I think that's a good point to make we shouldn't have this mindset of being in a relationship means that you completely neglect yourself mm. and you just focus like that's not that's not a healthy relationship yeah it should your self-work shouldn't stop when you enter a relationship I think for me personally it worked out that because I'd been in a relationship where I'd realized like oh I really need to work on myself when I when I came out of it yeah same for me it started when it started for me but I I mean I definitely did start the process actually when I was in I think the last kind of few months when I noticed kind of things were going downhill and I was trying desperately to make it work, I I realized like, I think in myself, I knew I needed to make like something change. And and that Mm -hmm. is actually when I did, I think slowly but surely started the process actually when I was in that. I need to find 
me again i need to find what does Something amelia love who own. is amelia you know and just i was like i'm so i started joining things and i started putting myself out there i wanted to do that and that became a bigger thing i think in the last kind of when i was seeing sort of i guess the decline in the relationship i was like i i need to i need to find me again i can't just put all my time yeah. into this because this is killing me you know um so you are right I do think it's not just being single where you need to work it's like 24-7 working it's on yourself is a 24-7 job yeah because ultimately the person who decides that it's time to work on yourself is you mm-hmm. and unless you're in a horrible toxic relationship the other person is never going to say no you can't yeah. do that yeah I think it's interesting because you guys probably know there's some really ugly parts when you're working on yourself and you you can discover parts of yourself that you don't like or you become more aware of things that have happened to you that maybe at the time you didn't realize were as bad as they were and then there's really quite a dark phase Mm. and you, you can go one way or the other or even through the journey of both where you know you either absorb it and become a dark version of yourself shall we say yeah or you come out the other side and I think to do that when you're single is one thing but to do that in a relationship and manage your relationship at the same time when perhaps you and your partner are both going through the motions it's it's actually really difficult and I don't think enough credit is given to those who take up that opportunity and you know do put the work in because you're not only working on yourself you've got to try and manage them your relationship and their work on themselves as well Mm. to keep it all balanced yeah because relationships are like living breathing things aren't they they're not you don't just get into it and there it is and that's it yeah yeah it constantly changes yeah 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 constantly requires work yeah definitely it's like a baby but mm. not a baby you know it's like <laughs> you need to keep it alive and look after it and nourish it and watch it grow otherwise it will just it will die end. yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally it's true mm. I think um you made a good point Amelia and this is something that's been coming up in in my relationship and and the couple I mentioned earlier about how you have to find things that are your own and mm-hmm. do things that yeah aren't you two as a couple and this has come up a lot yeah, because I've applied for a sabbatical to go traveling obviously COVID permitted I'm not going with my boyfriend and we've said you know I've been like you can join me for a bit but ultimately this is something that I want to do on my own every time I've traveled before I've gone on my own and I've had boyfriends when I've done it before and I think it's not something I want to share with a relationship because when a relationship ends or if a relationship ends that will taint the memory of the traveling um and there's been a lot of conversation around it because it's, you know, six months of our relationship where I'll be gone. And I think there's a lot of FOMO there for him. And it's it's hard because he wants me to go and have fun, but also he wants to come along. And I'm almost yeah. been like, you can come for a bit, but you can't come for all of it. And the same thing with one of the girls that mm-hmm. I'm going with. Her, her partner isn't coming either. Her girlfriend's not coming in. I think they're having the same conversation that they want to do it together, but it's not going to happen for for a different reason. But I think it's so you can get so comfortable in a relationship where you just assume you're invited to something. And then Mm -hmm. when you're not, you're offended. But actually that person has their own life and you should just be like, yeah, go on, live your life and I'll see you when you're back. That's something that I think is really important is to realize like to go to events and to have you you know your boyfriend there and and to have yeah, and share some things. obviously like that's something I know that I want I want to know that 
I can, I've got, this person has my back, this person wants to come with me to these things, like wants to be my plus one. But also mm. it's like, we also have our own lives and our own things and we don't have to be, we don't have to be involved in everything. I had a, a relationship at uni that really wasn't healthy, probably the most toxic one I've had. Um, and we had a, a weird dynamic where he would go out with his uni mates Sorry, there's a drill in the background. <laughs> no, it's fine. We're just going to have to move. Um, he would go out with his course mates and his uni friends and I wouldn't be invited. If I ever went out with mine, he would turn up and be there. And there was this weird yeah. dynamic where I'd be like, why do you never introduce me to your friends? That's such a bad... But you always end up where I am. Such a um, red flag when yeah. they, when, oh, when they won't me. introduce you to their friends. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, he was an asshole, but we move um <laughs> <laughs> but um it's just funny because I used to obviously get so offended that I wasn't invited but I do think there's a difference between he was deliberately not inviting me because things were going on that he didn't want me to see whereas mm. you not being invited to one particular thing from your partner you shouldn't be offended and it's it's about realizing where you are I think in some situations you have a right to be annoyed that you weren't invited or you're never invited and then in other ones it's that person has their own life and you need to just let them do that a friend should also be a friend so like any other friend they don't have to be that all the time yeah they should also be invited like you're not just a girlfriend like you're a person who gets on with him and you should be there sometimes like yeah any even situationships I've had like I've dragged them to be with my friends and like all hang out together because I want them there because I like them yeah yeah and you want you want them to meet your friends and get included with everything you want to well I guess some people want to mesh it all but yeah as we discovered not everyone um, yeah just about traveling as well I was thinking about me and my best friend who is my soulmate I think Mm -hmm. um I feel the same with mine yeah, yeah she like we have some amazing holidays together we've had some of the best holidays of my life have been with her and We've also had separate holidays and we come back and we tell each other everything. And I think that's what I would look for in a relationship yeah. as well. You want the Just best mix for of this both. person. Yeah, it's like you, yeah. Want, you want the best for this person. You're not going to resent them when they go off and do something without you. Like you'll be happy for them that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that if you start to be like, oh, well, I should have been there or I'm annoyed because you didn't, then that's a problem. Um, I get you can't help feeling left out but I think it's how you let it manifest like the feeling will come Mm -hmm. you can't do anything about that but you should talk yourself through it and be like no it's okay that they're doing this without me yeah rather than instantly letting it come out in probably an aggressive way and it causes problems yeah also it's so hard for women to voice that they feel pushed away without being called like clingy or too Um. much yeah. It's so hard to say that I want this and I don't think this is right without thinking, oh, they're going to go off and call me crazy and clingy and say all this stuff to their friends. I felt like I just didn't have enough kind of like love for myself that I was like always like, oh, yeah, you must be right. What I want <laughs> is too much. Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, actually, no. Like, now I look at it, I know that what I wanted was not unreasonable there are things that I'm like that was valid and that was valid that I felt that way about that thing and I completely dismissed a lot a lot of the time I was like I dismissed so many feelings that I had because I was like so scared of being like 
considered whatever even that means that girl even though I hate yeah. that like yeah. I, I didn't mm. want to be like that girlfriend what I felt was that I should have been able to feel that and if express that and not be worried about that being a problem like that if a relationship you should be able to always voice like how you feel and uh, to be honest I am one of those people I always do anyway like I'm very much <laughs> like we're sitting down we're talking about this like you know yeah. I think anybody who is with me just knows like we'll need to know up front like I'm extremely open I believe very much in open communication and if you yeah. don't like communicating this is not gonna work <laughs> yeah. I think my biggest piece of advice for people in relationships would be don't ever let someone else tell you how you should feel oh yeah. mm. I think that's just you. in life to be honest yeah that can apply to work and like I've like, had issues of work this week and, and loads of other managers have been like, oh, well, you you didn't get made redundant, so it could have been worse. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but what you've given me isn't good either. <laughs> so yeah, don't tell yeah, me how I like, should feel. Yeah, don't, you're, it's just that whole thing of, yeah, what you said, Al, no one should ever be dictating to you what is right for you to feel and what you have no yeah. right to feel. Like, no, so, what you feel is what you feel. Yeah, if you're upset, you're allowed to be upset without them mm. saying you're overreacting, you shouldn't be upset. Here's a list of all the reasons why you shouldn't be upset. You're being ridiculous. This yeah. is your fault. Now what you've upset me is... because you're upset. Because I've definitely had this where I'm like, you know, this thing bothered me or this thing made me unhappy. And then it's mm -hmm. almost like you're kind of made to feel like, oh, well, you shouldn't you you shouldn't be thinking that because of this or or like you know and they, they'll kind of turn it on you so that mm. you yeah almost, the amount of you, fucking you men feel guilty about it you're there like oh yeah mm -hmm. you're right maybe I am just being like maybe I am just overreacting when actually but that's why you know, like, it's, it's so like, good to have your friends because your friends will tell you no you're right yeah They're saying this it's not true maybe just it's like Honestly. having I think it's fine you know if when you when that's the that why communication is just so important and communicating effectively is so important because I think yeah. when you're in a relationship you should be able to say without feeling I think we get so defensive don't we when we communicate like with a lot of people like if we're trying to have a conversation about like one person feels a certain way um yeah. the other person will think oh that's an attack on me like and then they'll immediately get defensive and then you mm. don't get anywhere I think the point is, is that if this person feels this way because of an action that you have done, regardless of what your intention was, regardless of any, mm -hmm. this person, that has made that person feel that way. So acknowledge that, acknowledge that, take responsibility for that. And, you know, don't try and explain it away. So therefore that, because that completely invalidates that. Of course you can say, you know, I didn't mean to make you upset, but you are, yeah. and I'm going to apologize for it. And I, I think something really damaging and scary is when someone you love is trying to tell you you can't feel a certain way yeah the amount of people that when I've reacted to something they've done and then they're yeah. like oh your reaction's causing problems and it's like yeah. well if you didn't do the thing I'm reacting to we wouldn't be here but it's and sometimes like... it's like being a woman with a mental illness like having anxiety mm. you never want that to be used against you because some people yeah. they do they say well, you're anxious, so that's why you feel that way. As if you don't have emotions separate as well. from having anxiety. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's Amelia gone? Has she gone? She's popped off. I don't know where. Ariana has joined us for a section of the podcast. Did you imagine? I think I've done. Ariana, what do you think? Can you work on yourself? 
in a relationship. <laughs> That's what positions is about, really, I think. Sorry about that, that, guys. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> my, um, literally, I heard this. I, I don't know if you picked it up, but like, if you heard this massive crash. Like, no. I just yeah. looked. Yeah, did you oh, hear that? I didn't hear because I saw your face and you looked shocked, but I thought you were yawning. <laughs> oh, no. So, like, I had this massive crash and, like, I was like, and basically, oh, so my, um, I don't know how this even happened because the, it looks like, so I have these, like, little stick-on, like, so that I, I don't put nails in the wall. You know, those, like, stick-on, like, ones. Yeah. That, yeah. And, like, I have a picture, like, frame, like, hanging. And I heard like a like obviously something had fallen and broken, and I was like, "What?" Yeah. And like the frames come off the wall, and like it's broke. The whole frame's just broken. Which oh is no! Because it's only it's been up like I mean to be fair, how long has it lasted now? Probably lasted about four months. Um, but it was still I paid quite a lot for that frame. Yeah. It's, it's like destroyed. Oh. Yeah, yeah but I had to get up and go and sort it, and I was just like. Sorry, like guys, I just a sec. I was checking <laughs> out. I have a vase there as well, and I was like, "Oh no, it's the vase. The vase is okay." It's all kicking off. Yeah, I know. I, I was see. like, "Is somebody just broken into my flat?" Yeah. <laughs> Can imagine that happening on the podcast. Can you oh, imagine God. just in the middle? Evidence of like... for the police, though. Yeah. Really... Sorry, what yeah. were you saying when I had to go and sort that out? We started talking uh, about Ariana Grande, so who knows? Oh, love that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay thanks. Bye. bye. Yeah. that's what the album yeah. was wasn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you next show is over. Bye. <laughs> that's all we've got time for this week but thank you for listening and we'll catch you on our next episode and thank you l for joining us as our very thank first you l round of applause for l thank you for having me you're most welcome <laughs> you'll be listening to us soon <laughs> <laughs> um, <Goodbye. laughs> okay bye